ஹயா the ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says that وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ that whoever does whoever has iman and with that iman he does righteous actions whether the person is then a male or a female provided that these two conditions have been fulfilled iman and amal saliha man ya'mal min as-salihati wa huwa mu'minun so iman and righteous actions allah taala says then fala nuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyiba we will then bless him with a good life what is the meaning of good life This is where the major confusion comes in. For many a person a good life is a life of extreme comfort and luxury and all the leisures and pleasures and he mustn't have any kind of pain, difficulty. He must never know what is the meaning of any kind of hardship. So while on the one hand not experiencing difficulties etc is not anything wrong but that itself doesn't make it a good life Firaun he said that for 40 years he didn't even experience a headache 40 years passed in that manner that he was in the lap of every comfort and luxury and he would argue with in that manner as well when he was invited towards allah tabarak wa taala and he would now try to deceive the people that look i am on the right so he would present the same things as the argument alaysa li mulku misr wa hadhihi al anhar tajri min tahti are can't you see i am ruling over the whole of egypt these rivers are flowing beneath my palaces i don't have to have any difficult water was a big issue person needs water where does he go and get water from some people have to walk miles some people have to depend on just the rain says can't you see these rivers are flowing beneath my palaces i have everything as i want it so how can i ever be wrong how can things ever be out i can never be on the wrong but follow me now this was the deception that he was putting people into based on what on what was outwardly seeming to be a good life and on the other side 
if we see the lives of the Anbiya Alayhi Salaam in general, then even the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then there are times when he is tying two stones to his belly out of severe hunger. There are times when there is nothing in the home to cook for two months in succession. There are occasions when Nabi Sallallahu some food is brought to him, he says, he takes some and puts it aside and he says, take this to Fatima first, my daughter. That for several days she hadn't eaten anything. Now, can anyone ever entertain a very passing thought also that Nabi Salaam's life was not the best life? Who could have ever lived a life better than his life? The very best life that any person could have lived on earth was the life that Nabi Salaam lived. But now what made it the best life? Do these things determine whether it's a good life or not? Yes, you can say somebody had an easy life, somebody had a difficult life. That, is, that description is in his place. Somebody had things apparently easy, that too apparently easy. Otherwise, many a times, what it appears from the surface and what the reality is are worlds apart. On the surface, everything seems very, very grand, very rosy, very comfortable. Everything seems the best that a person can wish for. But sometimes when you just dig a little bit beneath the surface, there's a totally different picture. That person is sometimes worse off than many others who don't have a fraction of what he's got. So in any case, a good life and not having a good life is not determined by this. A good life is determined by whether a person has submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala and become close to Allah Ta'ala or not. Or whether he is distant from Allah Ta'ala. He came close to Allah Ta'ala. Very good life. Though it was a difficult life. And in the lap of comfort and luxury, if he went away, though it was a very easy life apparently. So a good and bad life is not dependent on these things. It's not dependent on what a person had and how much he possessed. It's dependent on Iman and Amal Saliha. Because this is what brings a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. And then even in the difficulties and hardships, Allah Ta'ala will give him that peace in the heart, despite the challenges. Allah Ta'ala will give him that peace and contentment, serenity in the heart, which no words can describe. Because it's not something that, it's only something to experience, which the Ahlullah experience and tell us about. But if we also continue in that line, Allah Ta'ala will bless us as well. So Nabi Sallallahu in various ways kept on giving us different levels of encouragement in different ways for the same lesson, to develop this Iman and amal Saliha. This amal Saliha is an integral condition for this good life. So Iman and amal Saliha and in so many different ways, sometimes by simply giving the command for some action, do this, sometimes by giving the rewards for it, sometimes by expressing the warnings for not doing it, sometimes in one way, sometimes in another way, in so many different ways, the same lesson, the very same lesson in various different ways, it's like somebody pleading, look, get it done somehow, I've explained to you from one direction, that didn't seem to have yet 
registered with you, yeah, I'm giving it to you from another direction. If that didn't register to you, then here's a third way of explaining it to you. Like a parent trying to tell his child, first he spoke to him in one way, the child just doesn't seem to be able to get what the father is saying to him. So now he changes the whole tone and he changes the whole manner of saying it. And then now he's trying a different angle. But what is the end point? What he's trying to get at? That, oh my son, please, what I'm telling you, please understand. Please get onto it. Please take onto it. But this is the way to look at all these various ahadis giving the same lesson. From different angles. That this is the very, very impassioned plea from Nabi Wasallam To his ummatis. That look, do these things. So among the many, many ahadis in which Nabi Wasallam gave this advice repeatedly of different amal and encouraged towards his amal because it is amal that will bring the betterment of ahwal. Ahwal are conditions, all kinds of conditions, all kinds of challenges. The solution to ahwal conditions is amal. Those amal across the board, whether it is salah, whether it is tilawat of the Quran Sharif, whether it is zikr and tasbihat, and one very great part of it is very earnest dua, and all the various amal that go with it. And this is unfortunately the situation that we turn to amal generally when there's a problem. When there's a problem, then we turn to amal. The person wasn't conscious of his salah also. Obviously, when there's a situation, a person will turn more to amal. That's a different thing. But now even the basics are ignored or neglected. Person's salah is not in order. Salah with jama'ah is not taking place. Or person is not fulfilling other obligations of deen. Now when a problem comes only, now only the person starts thinking, okay, I need to do something. And then when the problem is gone, then the amal are gone also. This is what Allah Ta'ala describes about the mushrikeen in the Qur'an Sharif. وَإِذَا غَشِيَهُمْ مَوْجٌ كَذُّلَلْ دَعَوُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ Allah Ta'ala says when they are traveling in the midst of the ocean and this huge wave comes above them and it seems now if this crashes on us we're gone. So that's the time they start beseeching Allah Ta'ala. They know we will worship you alone. When they come to shore, they forget everything they said. Person goes for Hajj, for Umrah, he begs at Multazam. Everything works out for him. He comes, he forgets what he spoke at Multazam. He forgets what he said at Arafat. He forgets what he said on the 27th night of Ramadan. And all the various occasions when he begged Allah Ta'ala. And now things turned for the better, he forgot Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, A'mal is the solution to Ahwal. And in various ways, Nabi Islam brought our attention to this. So among the many, many ahadith, this one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, which Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala who reports, he says that Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam said, Salasun kafarat. The three things are such that it will be an expiation of sins. It will cause the sins to get forgiven. And this is something every person is in desperate need of. That his load of sins must get lessened and get wiped out. So three things are kafarat. 
three things salasun darajat there are three things which will elevate his rank and position and the rank and position between every two levels of jannat is between the, the space between the heavens and the earth and there are three things which are munjiyat salasun munjiyat which will become a means of salvation najat and salasun muhlikat three things which will destroy a person now this is such a comprehensive thing from so many different again looking at it in that same context like somebody pleading Nabi Islam is pleading with his ummad this is it so in different angles the same lesson but for the same object that look take or do it so the first thing Nabi Islam says Salasun kafarat three things are a means of the forgiveness of sins what are these things? the first thing Nabi Islam says is baagul wudu ifis sabarat person is making wudu and now there isn't any arrangement for hot water and it's a very cold day sabarat shiddatul barad extreme cold and now in that time to make wudu is a challenge but Nabi Islam says that this person makes that wudu still thoroughly doesn't cut corners now this undertaking of that additional difficulty in making the thorough wuzu this washes away his sins much more than in normal circumstances on the one hand the lesson in this is that this additional difficulty a person takes doesn't go in vain when he takes this additional difficulty for Allah Ta'ala when he takes the additional difficulty in suppressing his nafs now here too is a nafs issue that now that water is very cold and the nafs is saying that just cut corners and do it quickly haphazardly get it done so he's suppressing that nafs says no I won't do that I'll do it properly the suppressing of the nafs doesn't go in vain to often give the example and he used to talk repeatedly about this khune tamanna khune tamanna a person slaughtering his evil desires so the example he used to give is that when the horizon first becomes red early in the morning when the horizon across the horizon a person can see redness after that redness now the sun rises the sun doesn't rise before that but first the whole horizon becomes red now this is an example and the Ahadullah use all these examples to bring the lessons to our minds and hearts the whole horizon becomes red when it becomes red now it brings about the it heralds the rising of the sun this bright sun and when the sun rises in the whole place is lit this is likewise when a person will redden the horizon of his heart with the blood of his evil desires every time that he suppressed that wrong desire there's a pain but he is ready to undertake that pain like in the case of the Zuzu it's severely cold and the person says I'm not going to cut corners I'm not going to take shortcuts I'm going to do it thoroughly despite the pain or difficulty that I may have to undertake so likewise he's not shying away from this pain in the heart for the sake of Allah Ta'ala that in slaughtering that evil desire whatever pain comes fine is pain but I'm happy to undertake this pain 
and he's reddened his heart with the blood of these evil desires, now the sun of ma'rifat and of the recognition of Allah Ta'ala will rise in that heart. And now that sun of ma'rifat has risen in that heart, it illuminates that whole heart. And everything now takes a different perspective in his life. He sees things in a different manner, in a different light altogether. And he can clearly see the path to salvation. And it becomes so easy for him to walk forward. But when, after the horizon got reddened, then the son of Marifat rose. Not before that. So there is a time, there is a period of time when this desire has to continuously be slotted. But that pain is not without gain. That pain is not gone in vain. That pain is bringing tremendous benefit. But it will show its benefit in time. So this is the first thing Nabi Salaam is saying. The other thing, the other lesson we get here is that this pressure on the nafs it brings tremendous good in various different ways. This is the lesson of what is kafarat, what expiates sins, gets sins forgiven. Now the thing is that all minor sins, they get forgiven in this manner, with amal. Major sins, a person has to make toba also. Many a times it happens that a person has made sincere toba. He is sincere, he has not done it just for the sake of doing it, it's not just lip service, it's not just because he's under some pressure or something duress. Oh, he sincerely made Tawbah. Ya Allah, whatever I've done, this is never going to be repeated. Very remorseful, very regretful, he stopped committing it. Barely two, three days go by and he's back into it. He was sincere, nobody can deny the sincerity. But the istiqamat on the Tawbah doesn't seem to be coming. What's the issue? Why is that istiqamat on the tawbah not coming? One is that that nafs yet hasn't been pressured. The nafs was, had a free reign. Whatever the nafs was desiring, it was just being fed. Everything that the nafs demanded, the person gave in. So the nafs had a free reign. So now it has become a mighty lion against him. So now for a while he can just hold on but that nafs is still free, it hasn't been pressured, it hasn't been subdued. So as a result, one day, two days, by the third day, this nafs is back over him. So what is required is, just as in this Hadith Sharif, we are being taught that this which brings us difficulty, gets us sins forgiven. Likewise, something that will pressure the nafs will bring istiqamat on that toba also. Now the person has slipped up, he's done something, but now he realizes his mistake and folly, he made sincere toba. Apart from the sincere tawbah, for istiqamat on the tawbah, he must do something that will pressure the nafs. Now he's reading 10 rakats, nafil nawaz, making 5,000, 500, 1,000, whatever number of istighfar, and he's giving some sadaqah, for example. That amount of sadaqah which pinches the nafs. Now somebody's income is 1,000 rand a day, and he gives 100 rand. Thousand rand a day his income is and he's giving hundred rand, that doesn't mean anything to him. Maybe he'll give about that whole thousand rand of that day, perhaps it might just, it may not even pinch him, it might tickle him somewhere. Because one day's, the whole month, one day's earnings, what does it really matter? So some amount that really causes some pressure. Now when this happens, and repeatedly he's pressurizing the nafs in this way, in time that nafs will get subdued. Otherwise the Tawbah is sincere. 
The Tawbah is not half-hearted. But the istiqamat on the Tawbah won't come just like that. And the other thing about the istiqamat on the Tawbah is, it comes with himmat, with courage. And where does this himmat come from? This himmat comes from righteous company. To the extent that a person adopts righteous company, to that extent this himmat develops. So these are the two things that will develop this himmat, which will bring istiqamat on the tawbah. Nevertheless, Nabi Islam says that this is the first thing. That is ba'ul wudu'i ala sabarat. The second thing, wa intizaru salawati ba'da salawat. Awaiting one salah, awaiting the forthcoming salah after one has been performed. Person has finished one salah, he is already waiting for the next. Waiting for it, his mind, his heart is focused towards it. What is the time? What do I have to do to make sure I am in time? He is busy with whatever his work is, but his eye is on the clock. And he's all the time conscious that just now is going to be time for myself. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to make sure I wake up in time for Fajr. And make it to the masjid for Jama'ah. He's not casual about it. Like the person has to catch a flight early in the morning. He doesn't just take it for granted. Whatever happens, if I wake up, I wake up. If I don't wake up now, he'll catch the next flight. Nobody thinks in that way. He does whatever it takes to make sure he's up in time. And then the common example that we always take, which many seem to register with it, that many a person finds it very easy to wake up early in the morning also if he knows the fish are biting. <laughs> so somehow at that time the internal clock also starts ringing. The alarm rings within a person. He doesn't even need the outside alarm. Everything just comes right. Allah Ta'ala is calling at the time of Fajr. Through the Mu'azzin, the Mu'azzin is relaying the call of Allah Ta'ala. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. So now, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is pleading in so many different ways. This lesson of Salah with Jama'ah, of awaiting Salah. And the next, next point in the same hadith is, وَنَقْلُ الْأَقْدَامِ إِلَى الْجَمَاعَاتِ And taking many steps towards the masjid for Salah with Jama'ah. So one is awaiting the Salah, being conscious of it. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi gives the virtue of the seven people, or mentions the seven categories of people who will be under the shade of the Arsh of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. And one of those seven categories, وَرَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ That person whose heart is attached to the masjid. Unfortunately, in the masjid also, our heart is outside. Nabi Islam is saying, that person who, when he's outside also, his heart is in the masjid. When is going to be the time? I'm going to be back in time for Salah. I can't afford to miss my Jama'at. Something beyond a person's control, something which is a valid shari'i reason, that is something beyond him. But other than that, he's making every effort and attempt to make sure he's in the masjid for salah with jama'ah. So, awaiting one salah after the other, وَنَقْضُ الْأَقْدَامِ إِلَى الْجَمَاعَاتِ Taking many steps for salah to jama'at, every step he takes becomes a means of the forgiveness of one's son. Becomes a means of elevation of his rank. It becomes... So many good things for him. So these are the three things Nabi Islam says are kafarat. Then the three things which are darajat that raises a person's rank. The three things Nabi Islam mentions ifsha'us salam, it'amut ta'am, wa ifsha'us salam, wa salatu bil layli wa nasunyam. One is it'amut ta'am, feeding people. Feeding Nabi Islam doesn't even say people, it'amut ta'am, feeding. 
it's so open and so general that whoever he feeds, whether it is and whether he feeds an, a human being or an animal, and whether he feeds even a disbeliever, what can be thought about feeding a believer? So this is something which is part of the character of a mu'min. He's forever wanting to share something and feed, and especially those who are down and out, those who are without the basics also, he is taking extra care to see what he can share with them. So, it'am it ta'am, and ifshaw salam, making salam common, spreading salam before entering the house salam, and when leaving the home salam, meeting one another salam, at every occasion, salam becoming common. This is among the signs of qiyamah in one hadith, in, it's mentioned, Nabi Salaam said, among the signs of Qiyamat is that a person will only greet those who he is familiar with. Otherwise he knows this is my Muslim brother. He's in the masjid. He's obviously passing his Muslim brother. I don't know him. I don't want to make salam to him. I'll only greet those who I know. If I don't know the person, doesn't matter he's my Muslim brother. I can see him from head to toe. He's my Muslim brother. He looks more Muslim than me. But I don't know him, so I don't have to make salam to him. So that is a sign of Qiyamat. And being expressed in this way is to show to us that this is a very dangerous thing. To discard Salam. So, وَإِشَاءُ salam وَالصَّلَاةُ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامُ And performing Salah in the dead of night when people are asleep. This is something which is very special. This is something which has tremendous effect in taking a person close to Allah Ta'ala. That is a very special time of dua, the last one-third of the night. So this is the Salat al-Tahajjud, which has very great rewards, very great benefits. And the dua of that time is something very special. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Salat al-Tahajjud was farz for him. It's nafil for the ummah. Initially it was farz for him. In any case, this is the third thing. That Salatul Tahajjud, this is something to try for. But nevertheless, we are weak, if we can't make it for that, especially now in the summer months, the least is that after Isha, whether it is between the Sunnahs and the Witr, whether it is later, but at least two rakats with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. This is not the full rank of Tahajjud in the last part of the night, but some degree of that reward and benefit a person will get on this also. In the basic level of tahajjud, he'll get. So, this is something how long it'll take? Two rakats. Two rakats, it'll take two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. But three, four minutes, Nabi Islam says, that hold on to the salat of the night. This is the way of the pious people before you. It is a means of the forgiveness of your sins. It is a means of protection from sins. And it is a means of raising of your stages in the akhirat. This makes a person. Like he's wearing a bulletproof jacket. When he is punctual on his tahajjud, Allah Ta'ala blesses him, so to say, with a sin-proof jacket. That from the attacks of nafs and shaitan, he'll get protected. So this is the, third, the three things the Bishra also mentions, which will raise a person's ranks tremendously. Then the third thing the Bishra also says, وَسَلَاسٌ munjiyat. The three things, 
will give a person salvation. What are the three things? Al-adlu fil ghadabi wa rida First thing. That to be totally just, whether a person is in a state of anger, he's upset with somebody, or whether he is in a state of happiness, he's very happy with somebody. He's very happy with somebody. Nobody commits oppression at that time. If somebody says that I'm going to really give you a type, slap because I'm so happy with you. This person, everybody will club in together, they'll all quickly make a collection and they'll make arrangements for his treatment. <laughs> person says he'll slap somebody because he's so happy with them. Something is obviously out of place. So nobody does that when he's happy. So whether the person is happy, then he will obviously be just. He'll be kind in fact. He'll go out of his way to be good. But when he is upset also, when he is disturbed about something, when he is very angry as well, but he still doesn't let justice come out of the equation. This Nabi Salaam says is among the munjiyat. It will save a person in dunya also from many, many, many problems. And more importantly, it will give him najat in the akhirat. This adil, this justice is a very big thing. And therefore, this is such a great thing that a person maintains justice regardless of the situation. Regardless of what the issue is. Regardless of how he was provoked. Regardless of all the issues. He maintains justice. And what makes him maintain the justice? That waliman khafa maqam rabbihi jannatan. He has to stand in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. One person, one Sahabi came to Rasulullah and he said to Nabi that I have some slaves, not even servants, slaves, slaves used to be owned, person used to be part of his property. I have some slaves. These slaves, what is their story with me? They lie to me blatantly and then they even, they commit deception and deceit, fraud, they steal some of my things and they, all these kind of things they do. When I come to know of it, then I even verbally also I react and I even sometimes physically react also. So what is the position? Nabi Islam said to him that the position is this, that on the day of Qiyamah, all their lying against you, their deceit and whatever harm they did to you, all that will be put on one side of the scale. And your verbal and physical reactions will be put on the other side of the scale. If what they have done is still heavier, what you have reacted with is lighter, then fine. In other words, you didn't take full uh, revenge. So then fine, you have made ihsan on them. If it just turns out to be both equal, you'll just, you'll just get away. But if what you have done is heavier, then you have now become the Zalim. And they will now exact revenge from you on that day. They'll take away from your good deeds on that day. This person sat down on one side and he started weeping. Now this was the Sahaba Ikram. They only needed a lesson once in their life. They were also insan. They went through a learning process. They made a mistake, they made it once. And when they were corrected, that was it. And when they had asked, they asked sincerely for Amal. So now he asked this question, he got his answer. He got his answer, he went and sat on one side and started crying. 
Then he says, but how am I going to ever overcome this? And after a while he came, he said, I can only think of one way. I can only think of one way that immediately I am now setting these slaves free so that I don't ever fall in the situation of making zulm on them. To a property, very valuable property. Person owned them. And despite that, Nabi Salaam gave so much of emphasis on the good treatment of those slaves. To the extent Nabi Salaam said, clothe them with what you wear. Feed them what you eat. And don't overburden them. Give them that amount of work to do which they can manage. Don't overburden them. Now these are those who are slaves. person totally owns them. What about those who are of a lesser situation, meaning not as deep as being in slavery? They are servants. And then what about those who are even beyond that? They are our life partners, our spouses. Who Allah Ta'ala has given in a sacred bond. If that slave, this is a position, what about that wife? What about the parents? Now this is that aspect of other that it runs across the board in everything. And Nabi Salaam is saying here that this is part of the munjiyat, whether a person is in a state of happiness, whether he is upset, he is provoked, but he is just. He deals with justice. He doesn't fly off the rail when he is unhappy, and when he is happy then he is a different thing. No, he is within the limits in every situation. So the first thing is that in all situations he is just. The second thing is that he maintains moderation whether it is a state of prosperity or poverty. Moderation. He doesn't, if he's now in a state of prosperity, he's just splashing out. Now suddenly things have changed, now he can't maintain that lifestyle. But he got so accustomed to that living that life of luxury and in that lap of comfort, that he can't do without anything, without, he can't do with anything lesser. That adjustment becomes impossible for him. Now to, he was living off that life in that great comfort and luxury and splashing out. So now he says that even 25, 30, 40,000 rand is not enough for me in a month. I can't manage it. But where it came from? This lack of moderation. Allah's Nabi is giving this lesson from there. وَالْقَصْتُ فِي الْفَقْرِ وَالْغِنَى And the third thing Nabi Salaam says وَخَشَّتُ اللَّهِ فِي السِّرِّ وَالْعَلَانِيَةِ And fearing Allah Taala, whether in privacy, whether in public fearing Allah Taala, fearing Allah Taala in every aspect what I am saying is that in accordance to what Allah Taala is happy with what I am looking at what I am doing what I am listening to what I'm thinking about, what I'm planning and scheming, where is my mind and heart? Is Allah Ta'ala happy with this? This is the privacy also, the privacy of his heart. He's sitting in public, but within that public he's in privacy also, inside his heart and mind. Where he's running deliberately. So, Khashyatullahi Fissirri Wal Alaniya. And wherever he is, he has the fear of Allah Ta'ala in front of him. And then the last thing Nabi Salaam says, وَثَلَاثٌ مُهْلِكَاتٌ Three things are destroyers. Three things destroy. They'll destroy a person's peace in dunya, 
they'll destroy so many things in dunya and worst is it'll destroy his akhirat these three things which are destroyers the first is shuhun muta'un that miserliness which a person succumbs to one is there's something holding him back but he knows that this is the right thing to do he makes the mujahada and does it as far as for example the fard spending that is concerned <laughs> he has to spend his zakat so now something is still there's some tightness within him can't just bring it out but he says come what may the pain that I feel I want to do what is necessary he is spending that in the path of Allah Ta'ala and then fulfilling the rights of his family fulfilling whatever other necessary issues are whatever is the requirement of deen from him so now whether he feels comfortable doing it happy to do it whether he is feeling tight to do it but this is something I have to do he is ready to do it then he's fulfilled the basic this is not now succumbing to the miserliness and beyond that then this is getting even greater for him taking him closer to Allah Ta'ala so he's not tight within his capacity within his means he is being generous within his limits he's not undertaking a burden upon himself he's borrowing to be now doing things and then now he's in a predicament himself so first thing is shuhun muta'un the second wahawan muttaba'un and the desires that a person starts following desires will come in the heart all kinds of desires will come but that desire a person ignored it that's a waswasa of shaitan that's the whispers of shaitan that is not something he's accountable for person is fasting and he sees cold water and suddenly desires to have it not accountable for that desire he just ignored it and carried on so that desire is something beyond his control that's a whisper of shaitan but when he starts following it up the desire came the first following up is within himself he's now entertaining it he's thinking well if ever this could be possible for me then what I'll do now he's letting his mind run now this is part of following that desire and then now when the heart and mind started moving in that direction now he wants to physically start moving in that direction too his eyes are moving in that direction and then he is moving physically in that direction this is Hawan Muttaba'un following the desires will lead to destruction leads to destruction of a person's akhirat it even destroys his dunya also and the third thing Nabi Islam says وَإِعْجَابُ الْمَرْئِ بِنَفْسِهِ that a person becoming conceited thinking great about himself feeling I am somebody feeling that I have done something I have achieved something it is my doing this is something which Allah Ta'ala dislikes this is something never to allow to even cross our mind and the waswasas of this that come to keep dispelling it all our obviously this is the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the Sahaba Ikram and those who took from them and followed their way of life they also live the same value and look in all our kabir among one of the very great ulama of recent times Hazrat Mawla Manzoor Nomani one incident about him which his son narrates he was an alim of very great repute he was very well highly respected in the whole Indo-Pak subcontinent even in the Arab world author of many many kitabs very senior person 
Islam mentions that this was something very common about him, but especially when he would come to the Haramain Sharifain. Every now and then, somebody is passing, the person is a complete stranger to him, but now he'll make salam with him. Make salam with him, and then he'll say to the person with extreme humility, say to him, please make dua for my maghfirat. Please make dua for my maghfirat. He says that with such depth of... The person is a stranger. He can't be now making a pretense with a stranger. Somebody is very well known to us. We can now start putting up a show for him. Uh, complete stranger now. What are you going to put a show for him? Because he doesn't know who he's talking to also. So once he took a turn, he doesn't know who was there, who spoke to him. Everything is forgotten. This was something that was from within him. And he says once he came... He was very sick in hospital and finally he was discharged. He was in the Delhi hospital. When he was discharged, he said, please, he wanted to meet Hazrat Mawla Inam al-Hassan before he left. So they made the arrangements in that condition of his, somehow on the wheelchair, whatever it was, and they brought him. was there. So they knew each other from a very long time. And so in any case, he is sitting there and after a while he says to him that due to the old friendship that we have on the basis of that old friendship we have I am sincerely beseeching you that in those special moments please make dua for my maghfirat because I don't even have one amal that I can present that in those special moments please make dua for my maghfirat I don't even have one amal that I can present. Now this is that aspect where they clean their heart out of that ana, I. I am somebody, I am something, I have done something, I have achieved something. Or I have done this amal, this salah I performed, mashallah, what a good salah I performed. Or this charity I gave, everybody can't do this. Or whatever other things I have done, me, I did it. Allah Ta'ala dislikes this. And this drops a person from the side of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the thing that took these people to that level. They completely, this fanayat, completely annihilated themselves. And to the extent they annihilated themselves, they gained greater acceptance in the sight of Allah Ta'ala and greater closeness to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the lesson that Nabi Islam is giving us and where we started off right at the beginning, that in so many different ways Nabi Islam gave the same lesson. So many different ways. Sometimes from one angle, sometimes from another angle. This Hadith Sharif is a totally new angle. Three things which are kafarat, three things which are darajat, three things which are munjiyat, three things which are muhlikat, the things that will expiate the sins, making wudu thoroughly despite the difficulty, taking the, waiting for one salah after the next, and taking excessive steps towards the masjid. All these things will get the sins forgiven then feeding people and making salam common and together with that performing salah when people are asleep this is the thing that will take a person's ranks and darajat very greatly up and the three things that Nabi Islam said are the munjiyat the munjiyat that will give him salvation one is that justice justice in all situations whether he is in anger whether he is in happiness everything but he is just he is not trans. He's not going across the border of justice. And moderation. Moderation whether in poverty, whether in prosperity. 
And then the third thing Nabi Islam mentioned, that fearing Allah Ta'ala whether in privacy, whether in public. And the last three things, which are the destroyers. One is that miserliness which a person succumbs to. As a result of it, he doesn't even give that necessary expenditure. And following his desires. And the last is the self-conceit, thinking good about oneself. May Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we bring all these lessons in our life. We try to adopt and bring into our lives all those things that will remove the sins from us, raise our ranks in the akhirat, give us najat. May Allah ta'ala save us totally from all those things that are destroyers. Sallam <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 
ربنا 
وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان وجعلنا من الراشدين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Ya Allah, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah Ya Allah, we acknowledge all the wrongs you have done, Ya Allah There is nothing we can hide from you, Ya Allah Ilah al-Alamin, you are the all-knowing, Ya Allah You are the all-seeing, Ya Allah You are the all-hearing, Ya Allah Ya Allah, you know whatever we have whispered also, Ya Allah Ya Allah, whatever hearts have, Ya Allah, entertained you are aware of, Ya Allah We cannot hide anything from you, Ya Allah Ya Allah, we are sincerely regretting what we have done, Ya Allah Ya Allah, we are remorseful over whatever has happened, Ya Allah We are sincerely repenting today, Ya Allah Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire ummah from those a'mal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save the entire ummah from the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the, Ya Allah, all the scheme, evil schemes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the forces of evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the temptations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are totally in need of your protection, Ya Allah. We are totally dependent. Ya Allah, you protect us like the little baby looked after, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, don't leave us to ourselves with the brink of an eye, Allah. Allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfata'in fa innaka in takilna ila anfusina takilna ila da'fi wa zambi wa awrati wa khati'ah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who are sick give them shifai ka'amila ajila mustamirra da'ima Allah remove every trace of their illnesses ya Allah those who are in financial difficulties remove their afiyat ya Allah ilahul alamin grant barakat in each one's risk ya Allah Allah those who are without jobs give them ya Allah good jobs ya Allah Allah grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all ya Allah save us from every drop and every grain of haram ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who are in any kind of anxieties depression worries ya Allah whatever difficulties they may be in ya Allah remove it with afiyat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who have passed away ya Allah fill their covers with noor ya Allah make their complete maghfirat ya Allah grant them the high stages in the akhirat ya Allah ya Allah the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya Allah ya Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah ya Allah make our covers gardens of jannah for us ya Allah grant us the shafat of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ya Allah give us jannatul firdos without any reckoning ya Allah ya Allah don't take us to task on the day of qiyamah ya Allah ya Allah there is nothing we can present ya Allah ya Allah we have nothing to put forward ya Allah Allah, all we have is sins, Ya Allah. All we have is mistakes, Ya Allah. All we have is ill deeds, Ya Allah. Allah, merely out of your grace, Ya Allah. Merely out of your, Ya Allah, compassion and mercy, Ya Allah. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you accept all the work of deen that is taking place, Ya Allah. Accept the effort of the Madaris, Ya Allah. 
Accept the efforts of the Masadi, Ya Allah. Accept the efforts of the Makati, Ya Allah. Accept the efforts of the Khanqas, Ya Allah. Accept the work of Dawat and Tabliya, Ya Allah. Allah throughout the world wherever the Jamaats are making an effort accept it Ya Allah Allah make it a means of hidayat spreading far and wide Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah unite the Ummah Ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of spouses Ya Allah unite the hearts of parents and children Ya Allah unite the hearts of brothers and sisters Ya Allah unite the hearts of the extended family members Ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah enable us to live the life that Nabi Islam taught us Ya Allah grant us his beautiful akhlaq Ya Allah Allah grant us a beautiful muasharat and social life Nabi Islam taught Ya Allah. Enable our Muhammad to be uh, the, the way that Nabi Islam taught us Ya Allah. Allah make our whole life according to your commands Ya Allah. According to the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله